This is Orson Welles on the Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles. Presenting Orson Welles as the third man. The lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character originally created in the motion picture The Third Man with zither music by Anton Karras. Hello. This is your old friend, Harry Lyme. I've got a story for you. It all happened on a train going through the Balkans from Istanbul to Belgrade. Oh, there's a mysterious veiled woman in it, naturally. And the whole thing ends up with me losing a suitcase full of money and getting a medal for doing it. Harry Lyme, the third man, in today's story, It's in the Bag. The Orient Express, the central line that is, runs between Istanbul and Paris. I wanted as much mileage between me and Turkey as possible, so I had my ticket booked all the way. Orient Expression was one of those famous trains like the Scottish Flyer, the Chief, the 20th Century, the Blue Train, the Trans-Siberian. In the bad old days before the war, the Orient Express, particularly as far as Athens, could be relied on to provide a better cross-section of weird animals than a traveling circus. It was the kind of arena where you found bearskin hats and velvet collars, beards like cowcatchers and mustachios as big as oxhorns, and of course always the mysterious veiled ladies that turned the Balkan evenings into Arabian nights. Now, in the bad new days, the traveling companions, you're likely to find yourself with are rarely more than faces to break the monotony of the landscape. Take my own neighbor, a little Greek in a suit that looked as if it had been clipped out of a comic strip. His face, if you could call it a face, was just something that grew a few inches north of his neck. The only feature to indicate which side was front was a pair of eyes that looked like black currants swimming in lemon juice. Altogether, not the prettiest traveling companion I could have chosen. And a personality about as charming as a ward of yesterday's chewing gum. You will be going in to dine, monsieur? No, what's that? I asked monsieur if he's eating food on the train. Uh, yes, yes, I suppose so, yes. Ah, pity. Or rather, perhaps I should say a mistake. No? I have a sister-in-law, monsieur, a woman of great force of character, well-married, and full of years. 
and she died on this train. Oh, yeah? My sister-in-law ate one of the meals on this train. What happened to her? She is dead. Poisoned? No. No, she fell off an excursion steamer in the Bosphorus and was drowned. Well, what's her eating on this train got to do with it? She contracted the heartburn, monsieur. This is a dreadful complaint. It afflicts the outlook on life, you understand? To, to suffer the indigestion is to live in constant danger of despair. And we must never despair, must we, monsieur? We must always remember that the life is good. Uh, that's right. Now, if you'll excuse me, please, I'm hungry. Uh, my sister-in-law ate on this train. Uh, look, old man, it's all intensely interesting, but I really must go now. I won't get a table. Uh, one moment, monsieur. By the way, my name is Stathakopoulos. I have here a sausage. Good for you, Mr. Stathakopoulos, but please don't start telling me the life story of the sausage. I haven't time. I have here also several portions of fried fish, yes, bread, yes, a couple of onions, as you can see, and yes, a bottle sir. of Greek wine. Notice the onions. Very sweet but strong, monsieur. Uh, good for I you. I implore you to remember the faith of my sister-in-law and to join me in this so wholesome repast. Well, really, old man, that's very nice of you, but as... Uh, uh, gentlemen, the yes. tables are all full in the, the dining table's car. The tables are full. Shall I reserve for you a place for the second? Oh, when will that be? Oh, not more than an hour, sir. Oh, oh thank you so much, but an no, hour. no, we are making our meal here. Very good. Oh, no, but... Uh, oh, look. we will have what the English call the picnic. It is really very chic and gay. Yes, well, Please, monsieur, you will be doing chic. me the favor of your conversation. Well... Just to begin, have a piece of salami. Luckily, as Mr. Stathakopoulos had promised... The wine of his country, although tasting a little like concentrated extract of candy store with a bit of cough medicine thrown in, had the kick of the proverbial army mule. I took very little, and he took quite a lot, and pretty soon, Greece's most relentless conversationalist was beginning to slow up. You're a wonderful fellow, Mr. Lyme. That's what you said your name is. Uh, call me Harry, and if you feel like it, old man, we'll turn out the light now and you can go to sleep. Hmm? Want to try and get some sleep? No. Oh, no. I do not care to sleep. No, thank you, Mr. Lyme. Oh, that's all right. Uh, no, indeed. I do not think I do not trust you, but all the same, I will not sleep. Oh, what's trusting me got to do with it? But I do trust you, Harry. I trust you implicitly. It's all right. The Lyme trust. Quite all right. Yes. You're very kind, Harry. I, I like you, but I have the... Take some more wine. That'll cure you. Hmm? An excellent idea. Finish it up, old man. It's yours. Oh, well, if you insist, uh, just this tiny drop. Uh, yes, chin. Yeah. Oh, chin. Uh, excuse it, please. Uh, now the wine is finished. <laughs> we will talk. Well, if you don't mind, old man, I think I'll just turn off the light, try to catch up a little, little shut-eye. Oh, the light? No, 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 no. You must not do that. No, no, the no, light must right. remain on. Oh, but why? Oh, but if you turn off the light... It is dark. And you're scared of the dark? The, the dark? No, no. But when it is dark, the caps of my eyes close, and who knows? The caps... That I mean, I might go to sleep. To your world of good, old man. Tell me the truth, Harry. If you have $10,000 in your pocket, will you go to sleep? I've got more than that. More? Mm. More than $10,000? A whole lot more. Doesn't keep me from sleeping. How much more? $100,000. $100,000? $100, dollars. That's right. 
Well, thanks for the picnic, old man, and be sure to wake me up when we get to Belgrade. Good night. I pretended to go to sleep, and my grubby little friend, after picking his nails nervously with a broken blade of a penknife, settled down to watch me closely. I observed all of this out of the corner of one slightly opened eye and went on with a lot of fake snores for his benefit, praying all the time that the wine would finally be too much for him and he'd nod off. But not a hope of that. No, he was going to stay awake if it killed him. I could have killed him out of sheer exasperation. Harry. Hmm? Harry, wake up. Yes, what is it? We pretty soon be at the border. Well, when? And then... What will you say to the customs officials about that market? Hmm? I'm not going to say anything. That is clever of you. Yeah. Me? I'm not going to say anything either. They very seldom search one's pockets, and I think we will be safe. Sure, we'll be safe. Forgive me for waking you up. Oh, it's all right. But I'm nervous. You mean you aren't used to carrying all that dough? That's right. I keep everything else in the bank. Mm. But this, I have made on a... a oh, perhaps I should not tell you. But then I could see you a regular fellow. Hmm? Sure, regular I mean, How'd you make it? What you say, a, a killing in the black market. And the authority. Don't worry, old man. Any little secret like that is safe with me. You mean you too are in the black market? Oh, no, that's not my racket. I'm in, um, I'm in the counterfeit uh, racket. Counterfeit? Uh, well, you know how it is, old man. We all, all got to do our little bit to help old Europe get on her feet again. Everybody's short of money, so print some more and everybody's happy. Huh? <laughs> Look. <laughs> Look at this one. Did you ever see a more beautiful job? Huh? Now, here, compare it with a government job. Wretched paper, smudged printing, shocking watermark. The Yugoslav mint ought to be ashamed of itself. Now, look at mine. It's a work of art. Something to make you feel proud. Everybody prefers it to the official brand. Well, I'm not surprised. So, with some underground assistance from another bottle of the local hooch... I allowed myself to be drawn into a business deal, 50,000 bucks worth of nice, crisp Yugoslav banknotes to be sold to Mr. Stavakopoulos at 25% of face value if, and that's a mighty big if, if my partner in Belgrade would agree to it. But, Harry, why should he not? Because he's got his own clients, old man, waiting for the whole thing, but don't Harry. you see? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. At the next stop, I'll get out and phone Belgrade. If my partner says, okay, it's a deal. When the train pulled into the next whistle stop, I made like a bird for the station master's office. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll get the number for you immediately. From where I sat by the window, I could see my little Greek watching me from the train compartment. I gave him the old OK sign, and he produced a grin that looked as if his teeth hurt him. Oh, here is your call, sir. Thanks, thanks. Hello, border police. The police. This is a tip. And don't ask me who I am. There's a counterfeiter in the compartment 25 of the Orient Express. I can't tell you his name. I'll just give you the compartment. Number 25. He's carrying $100,000 worth of forged banknotes. Oh, 
Oh, Harry, I thought the train had left you behind. (laughs) Don't worry, your pretty little head. Harry never gets left far behind. Then everything is all right? It's in the bag. The what? The bag. Bring out the cash and we'll swap. It's okay with my partner, but I've got to get off at the next stop and meet another client. Let's hustle. All right, Harry. Shall I count it out? Don't bother. Just put it down over here on the seat and I'll count it. Count my stuff at the same time. (laughs) Right. All right, two, three, six, seven, eight. What's that? What's that cop saying? He's saying, hands up, and do not touch that counterfeit money. It's not mine, I tell you, it is not mine. You don't have to shout at me, I'm not touching it anyway. It is, I tell you, it's all his. Is that true? Well, a man in a raincoat and a black hat gave it to me at the so, last uh, stop. So, the money does not belong to this gentleman. That's right, it's not mine. I am an honest businessman. Now, wait a minute. I don't deal in false currency. I'm a Greek subject. I insist on my constitution. Right. Right. Yes, we will pick up all this money and have it investigated. And if the American gentleman will come with us quietly, we will not have to hold up the train any longer. That's right. Arrest him, the gangster, the racketeer, the counterfeit. Of the... Shut up. Yes, sir. No need for the handcuffs, officer. I'm, I'm coming quietly. <laughs> When the jail door shut behind me, I gave one minute's silence to the memory of a certain little Greek salesman who must have discovered by now that he'd talked himself out of 10,000 bucks. And so to bed. returns in just a moment as the third man. Orson Welles as Harry Lyme, the third man, in today's story, It's in the Bag. Came the dawn, came also the sweet scent of cabbage soup and black bread. My dear Mr. Lyme, a thousand pounds. Ah, good morning. <laughs> good morning, as chief of police. I regret so deeply the deplorable mistake of our silly border oh, guard. Oh, don't worry, old man. The regrets are all mine. Ah, you joke. <laughs> How nice. The Americans, always a well-known sense of humor. Yeah, and the money, too. There was no doubt of what you call it, a, a practicing joke, no? Uh, no. No? No. Uh, most naturally, Belgrade immediately informed us that your bank notes were, of course, of perfect order. Uh, of course, yes. How those silly train guards could ever have mistaken the for counterfeit is beyond me. Me too. Now, I offer you on behalf of people's democracy of Yugoslavia my apologies. Oh, don't worry so much, old man. Everything's in clover. Let's just get away from the cabbage soup and have ourselves a spot of real dinner, shall we? Ah, you are a man of spirit, Mr. Lyme. <laughs> Follow me. Mm-hmm. 
don't let anybody tell you they're starving in Europe. You just got to know where to go. Me, I went to what used to be the Royal Suite at the best hotel in town and had myself a ball with the chief of police and one or two of the local celebrities. The uh, female celebrities, that is. Oh, you are the limit. I want more champagne. Wait a another bottle. Another bottle of champagne for everybody. Give him a little kiss, please. Yeah, you see? That's how to handle those Europeans. Treat them right, I always say, and they'll treat you right. And so goodbye to gay little Yugoslavia. So, here we are again, back on the Orient Express, with Mr. Stathakopoulos' 10,000 bucks to finance the trip. What's more, in place of Mr. Stavikopoulos' family reminiscences and fried fish, we are now sharing a compartment with a fine-looking chick, pickled in bandy by Piguet and stacked like a proud frigate. She's the classic lady of mystery. She's even wearing a veil, but not so much of it that you can't appreciate what lies behind. I am just figuring a way to get through the camouflage when she gets the first word in ahead of me. Monsieur? Uh, yes, madame? I wonder if you could perhaps have the goodness to help me down with the bag. Oh, it's a pleasure, madame. Uh, the big one on the rack? If you do not mind, monsieur. It is rather heavy. For a lady, nothing is too heavy. She's been exaggerating. Her girl's world wasn't heavy at all. In fact, it hardly weighed more than my own little bag that didn't contain anything except 50,000 bucks and a toothbrush. I don't think that I took my eyes off the little bag for one moment, even while helping my new lady friend down with her outsized bag. Harry may be gallant with the ladies, but Harry don't have much trouble keeping the hair out of his eyes. Oh, it is not silly, but I, I'm always so frightened of tunnels. <laughs> I like a woman. Well, someone knocked off an American consul in one of these tunnels a few weeks ago. If you aren't in the diplomatic service, I don't think you have to worry about anything more serious than what pretty girls usually have to worry about. And there's always me to protect your virtue. <laughs> My name's Harry Lyme, by the way. Olga Ragoshin. Uh, miss or Mrs.? Uh, me. How oh, nice. And you're going all the way to Belgrade? All the way and a little beyond. Now, isn't it strange how that makes the whole journey immediately worthwhile? Let's drink to a most pleasant trip. I have here a little bottle of something rather special that was presented to me by the local chief of police. Recognition of a little job I did for him. A job? Yeah, don't worry, nothing political. Oh, I see. Keep your nose clean. That's my idea of insurance. <laughs> Should we have that little drink now? Oh, but why not? Excuse me, please. Is there a seat here? Uh, no. But no. yes. Oh. Well, uh, once you're in, I guess you better sit down. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, not there. That's my bag. Oh, excuse me. Well, as long as the lady and I were alone in the compartment, I didn't mind this coy habit of the Orient Express of keeping its passengers in the dark while racing through chains of tunnels, but... Now that we had company, I began to feel a bit bashful about it, and with good reason. For when we got out of the tunnel, my little bag had gone. No, I didn't raise the alarm. I didn't pull the emergency cord either. Not yet, anyway. I just looked at my two fellow travelers and thought things over. What worried me was not so much who'd taken the bag, but how they'd gotten rid of it. The window was closed, the door was shut, the baggage rack was in plain sight, and neither the girl nor the man could possibly have hidden it on his person. And then what, under the seat? I dropped a coin, started looking for it. What did I find? A coin, of course. 
No bag. Monsieur. Oh, call me Harry, please. All right, Harry. <laughs> the tunnel, it is made there rather bad, is yes, it not? Yes. Perhaps you could open the window a bit. Uh, perhaps. You know, these, these windows stick as a rule. It takes about three strong men and one Derek to raise them. Perhaps the other gentleman could help. Hmm? No. No? I regret, but I am blind. Oh. Well, that seemed to rule out the man. So while I went through the motions of trying to open the window, I watched the reflection of my girlfriend in the glass. As I was saying, you've got to be patient in my line of business. You know, it makes you look like a fool spending half an hour trying to get a train window open, but in the end, I was rewarded. Yeah, it was the big bag, of course. My little bag was in the big one. Very cute. I opened the window. To do now when we got out of the tunnel was to grab the big bag and get my money back. If the girl didn't carry a rod, that shouldn't be too tough. Anyway, that's what I thought. But when we did come out into daylight again, it turned out that old Harry had been outsmarted for the second time. Now the big bag had disappeared. How? I'll give you one guess. Through the window that I had so obligingly opened for Olga. So what now? Well, the old emergency cord, of course. An American. He fell from the train. Oh, he jumped. He's running away now. Why would I know? He's an American. That's why. The train got there after him. They will catch him. Oh, he's no more. He's no more. He's no more. Yes, they will catch him. That was just about what I figured myself. Those Yugoslavs knew their tunnels. I was way ahead of them, but they were closing in on me. Anyway, somebody was closing in. As I was running and stumbling through that tunnel, a nasty thought occurred to me. Maybe it was the blind man, after all, who tossed out the bag. If so, he'd have all the advantage over me in the dark. And at that moment, I stumbled over something and fell. What I'd fallen over wasn't the bag, and what my fingers touched wasn't money, but a face, a man's face. I couldn't see who it was. There wasn't time to strike a match. The train guards were right behind me, and I had to run, but I didn't run far, for suddenly, suddenly I had it all figured out. The Greek must have sent the dame with a trick bag after me to get back his dough. She had an accomplice placed in a tunnel to pick up the bag. The whole thing was timed perfectly. A bit too perfectly. Because when Olga tossed out the bag, it hit her accomplice on the noodle and knocked him cold. So why was I running? You tell me. Or, as my mother used to say, Harry, there's nothing like the force of habit. Hey there! Mr. Lamb! Hello, Mr. Lamb! So help me, it was my old chum, the police chief... Mr. Lyme, are you there? Here. We got you, Mr. Lyme. Come on back. What can you do when you get that sort of reception? You got to be polite. So you go back like a good boy. Mr. Lyme, yeah. on behalf of the Yugoslav People's Democracy, yes? I extend my most profound appreciation and gratitude That's for this right. astounding exhibition of quick action and bravery. What's that? Why, it must have taken an enormous strength to knock out a man as powerful and dangerous as Leonov. Leonov? Well, well, uh, well, you mean you know him? Know him? Why, Mr. Lyme, he is our public enemy number one. Everybody knows uh, him. Just one thing. I wonder, officer, if any of your men have happened to stumble over a suitcase. Indeed we a... have. Indeed we have. Oh, and our suitcase uh... the fortune of money. Oh, inside. thank heaven for that. Yes, yes, we are very, very lucky. The money was in a smaller suitcase, crammed into the big one, wasn't it? You know, that uh, suitcase no. is... Strange, you knew about the suitcase. Know about it? Why, that suitcase. Ah, marvelous, absolutely marvelous. You are to be doubly congratulated. Uh, no, thanks. Now, about that mm, suitcase. Not uh, only have you overwhelmed one of the worst enemies of Yugoslavia. Well, I didn't exactly overwhelm him. You see, that 
Take that. He was the property of his sister. Uh, his sister? A dangerous woman, sir, and another agent, of course. Oh, I see. It yes, is yes. indeed fortunate that we have managed to intercept that money. It was intended, naturally, for the financing of more... Yes, sabotage. Now, just a minute. Let me tell you about that money. No because, need uh, at all, sir. No need at all. We understand everything. And the money has, of course, been confiscated by the proper con authorities. Confiscated? Your part in this aspect of the affair will also be mentioned in the citation. What citation? Citation? I... I... Yes, uh, that suitcase. Ah, now, you are going to receive as your reward for this glorious... Yes, yes, what will I receive? Then I, as decoration of the people's democracy of Yugoslavia, can bestow. A medal? Who wants a medal? I tell you that money is mine. I beg your pardon? Well, you heard me. I said the money is mine. Sir, that's a very mercenary attitude. Uh, you I don't... forgive me for saying I so. don't care. I want my money. I don't care. You would be very mistaken to try to set yourself against the will of the people's government. Others have tried and, well... <laughs> Take a piece of friendly advice, sir. Yes? It's what I do in your place. Besides, there really isn't any alternative. Well, what's the pitch? Settle for the medal. Harry Lyme returns in just a moment. Thank you. 
that's the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can find more from the show you heard today and thousands of others at relicradio.com. And also donate through the site if you'd like to support Relic Radio. You can find more information about that by visiting donate.relicradio.com. Thanks for your support and for joining me today. Be back soon with more. Thank you.